Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Welcome into BGN Radio. This is episode 19, brought to you by the fine folks at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host today, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. This is not a Kiss and Solak show. This is a BGN Radio because I have with me today, may he forever reign, BLG Brandon Lee Gowton. Follow him online at Brandon Gowton BLG. How you doing, brother? Mike, I couldn't be doing better. This is a <laughs> Perfect bye week for the Philadelphia Eagles. Everything went right. The Eagles are playing the Cowboys this week and potentially have a chance to basically end their season if it isn't over already. So I'm doing pretty good, and I think everyone else should be too. Absolutely. Dallas loses in hilarious fashion on Monday Night Football to the Tennessee Titans. The final score is 28-14, to and there weren't many things that gave me more joy than that end sequence by oh. Dallas. They tried to do like a version of the Philly special. Dak throws it out of bounds on fourth down, doesn't even give his, his guy a chance. Just pure uh, incompetence from their offense for pretty much all the game. They had several chances to put this away, and early on you felt like like that should have been like a, a 17-0 game at some point, and they let Tennessee in the game, and next thing you know, Tennessee is up big, and you're like, this this game didn't play out like it looks at all on the scoreboard. So uh, your thoughts on the blunderous uh, Dallas offense, their ex execution and their head coach Jason Garrett well if you're listening Jerry Jones I think now is not the time to overreact <laughs> you need to be patient you need to stick with Jason Garrett you need to stick with Dak Prescott I mean, this is not the time to panic Jerry Jones keep yes. everything just like it is everything is fine all right now Jerry that you're not listening this is great for the Eagles this is this is the Cowboys that I expected them to be, and I think we know truly that they are. They're just a mediocre team. They're a yeah. mediocre m- mediocre team, a mediocre at best head coach, and that's generous, a mediocre at best quarterback. Mike, I need to read you off these stats here. For, oh, uh, Dak Prescott, in his last 16 starts, he has oh. 3,166 pass yards, 16 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. EJ yeah. Manuel, in his last 16 <laughs> starts, has thrown for – Four more yards than him and one more touchdown. And if you look at Eli Manning's numbers compared to Dak Prescott, they're very similar as well. So this is where the Cowboys are at right now. They are at a point where they're not very good. Their quarterback clearly isn't good. Uh, Dak's numbers from last night's game, if you look at the box score, are so like misrepresentative of, misrepresentative of how he played. He finished up like what, like an over 100 passer rating? Yeah. Even though he, like, he threw that crucial pick early in the game. The play, sorry for cursing here, guys, but the sh- sh- play they're calling it instead of philly <laughs> philly whatever that strict version of the eagles play they're trying to run and uh obviously the throwaway on fourth down i mean like give your team a chance to win the yeah. game like was he just trying to preserve his passer rating <laughs> like throw it up in the air and, and let someone maybe come down with it have you seen his qbr compared to cole beasley cole beasley was oh for one had a qbr of 29.6 dak prescott had a qbr of 24.2 so the quarterback rating <laughs> itself might not, might look good but the qbr wow. is bad 
That's great. I love it, man. I just it, it's it was a perfect bye week again. Like everything just went right uh, for an Eagles season where it feels like so many things have gone wrong in the yeah. first half. It's just like. Things might be turning now. At least it feels that way. I hope that's the case. Yeah, you get the win against Jacksonville to get you feeling good coming into the bye week, and you get all the help that you need. And we'll kind of get into that with the Redskins in, in a little bit and, and some reinforcements that that we are getting. The other thing I wanted to touch on with the Dallas Cowboys is game by game, their uh, draft capital that they spent on Amari oh Cooper, the wide receiver, the first round pick becomes more and more expensive. <laughs> and you were telling me before the show that now it's up to a 10th overall pick. So they spent a top 10 pick on Amari Cooper. And look, uh, but box score stats obviously don't tell the whole story. Cooper was five receptions, 58 yards, and a touchdown. I thought he played really well, showed some fantastic route running. Uh, there was a part where in the game early on where uh, Dak forced one to him in the red zone in double coverage, led them to not getting points on that drive. That proved to be huge as the game uh, moved along. But Cooper played well, but is he worth the top 10 pick? And how hilarious is it that that was like a win-now move and they can't put anything together offensively? I think it's so it's just delusional it's what dallas is like they're like oh yeah okay trade for amari cooper season saved right here boys (laughs) i mean look at look at their schedule for the next five games they have to play at the eagles on a short week where philadelphia is obviously coming off their bye so there's a big rest disadvantage there then they have to go to atlanta for to a falcons team that i'm sure we'll get to in a little bit here Mm -hmm. is playing a lot better than they were early in the season that'll be a tough game for them then it's washington on thanksgiving at home uh, they already lost to Washington once this year. So, you know, again, NFC's game, that'll be tough for them. Then they have to host the Saints a week later. Uh, <laughs> Saints looking like arguably the best team in the league right now. Yeah. And then it's the Eagles again. This time it'll be uh, in Dallas. So, like, I mean, maybe they they find a way to win a game or two at most, I think, in that stretch. I mean, I think you could you're looking uh, four and nine or ten in the three and ten right in the face there. I mean, again, they've never made the playoffs after starting out three and five. Never in franchise history. So it's going to take a historic effort for them to dig themselves out of this hole. And in the meantime, that draft pick, which they really could have used to, you know, <laughs> get some like, honestly, probably a quarterback or or something there. Uh, you know, it's on an Amari Cooper now. And Amari Cooper's like quote unquote young. I get it. He's what, twenty-four, mm-hmm. but you have to pay him soon. Like that's yeah. that's part of the like the logic in that trade was so flawed because they were like, Well, we would have just taken a wide receiver in the draft anyway. So and he's twenty-four, so it's basically the same thing. It's like you no, have it's not four to five years. <laughs> you have to pay him. Yeah. yeah, like it's not you don't get like four like you said, the four to five years of, of cheap production. Now they have to pay this guy after the season. So Cowboys are a mess. Uh, all is well in the world, and I love it. So, yeah, uh, the one last thing on them. Jerry Jones, after the game, said that he does not foresee a change, a coaching change in the middle of the season that would come after. I believe he said that before and lied yeah. about it. So mm-hmm. I, I, that was like a decade ago. I don't know. Jerry Jones has been around forever. You know, all the, all the good ones die young. But Jerry Jones is saying that Jason Garrett is the coach on a scale of one to 10. I'll put it to you this way. How believable is that BLG? I mean, he is for this week at the very least. Like there's some, there was some like, oh, he did this a couple or whatever it was eight years ago, I think now with Wade Phillips. Right. They made a change. They're not going to make a change on a short week. Like they have to play. And again, if they win, God forbid, if they win this Sunday, they're right. Like they're right back in the NFC East. They'd be second just behind Washington depending well no Washington is still number one but anyway the point is like they're still theoretically alive so I can't imagine them getting canned this week 
I think it, it's after the season with him. I just he's been so loyal to him. It's like why is he going to bail at this point? I think it would just kind of like an after the season thing uh, at this point. I don't think they have anyone on the staff that they would feel comfortable making their interim coach, and I think that kind of guides that decision too. Well, they have what's his name, uh, the, the former quarterback who just uh, Kellen Moore. I mean, Kellen they can Moore. Just, just bump him up the head coach. Just plug him in. He's doing a fantastic job with that Prescott <laughs> so far. <laughs> so uh, enough about Dallas being awful. We could talk about it for hours because it's it's amazing. We still do have you know basically what is a must win game with them in a week. So hopefully we'll we are still laughing then. But for now we can in, and enjoy it. But Timmy Jernigan is clear to practice in some Eagles news. Uh, he is still on the NFI list. This opens a 21 day window where the Eagles can activate him at any point. But BLG. I know you have some, and I, I touched on this in the at the podium episode because it had just broke when I was pulling all that with the press conferences with Jim Schwartz and and Mike Rose. So go back and listen to that. But BLG, I wanted to get your thoughts on the impact and what it means for Timmy Jernigan being cleared to practice. It's huge, and I know your co-host here, your usual host, I should say, Benjamin Solak has been that's that's been he's highlighting that the whole season. He's like, man, if we could just get someone back, it'd be awesome. Yeah. If it was Timmy Jernigan in. Yeah, this is great news because, you know, from what we had heard kind of behind the scenes that, you know, there was a chance that Timmy Jernigan really not might play at all this year or ever again. So uh, the fact that he's back at practice is certainly an encouraging sign. I don't know if it guarantees he's going to play this year for sure, because if, you know, he goes through these next couple of weeks here and there's a setback, God forbid, or, you know, it's just it's not the same because it's such a serious injury. Like, you know, it's a back injury. It's a herniated disc. Like, I don't know. I, I don't think you can just like be like 100 percent. This right. guy's going to be fine. It's not like a broken wrist or something. Like, it's, it's a big deal. So hopefully that's not the case. I'm optimistic that he'll be able to come back here. I don't think it'll be this week. It just seems way too soon. Like, I don't know how he's like going to get to this point of the season and not practice at all, really. And all of a sudden, like, you're just going to put him out there against the Cowboys on Sunday. And even if that was the case. I mean, how many snaps are you playing him? Like you're not playing, right. you're not playing him a full workload out of the gate. In any case, whenever you get him back here, hopefully at some point in these next couple of weeks before that 21 day window expires, it's a huge addition. I mean, you're getting nothing out of the defensive tackle position outside of Fletcher Cox. So to have Timmy back and to have Fletcher on the inside, and all of a sudden Nada is now your third guy right. instead of your second guy. Like that's a, and Trayvon Hester, who's shown you know decent flashes for whatever you would expect from Trayvon Hester, is your fourth guy. Like then we're working with something there. Yeah. So I think it's it's a low key kind of. It shouldn't even be Loki. It's a it's a big, it's a huge addition if he can actually be healthy. Yeah, and what it actually does too, it, it helps how you can be creative with that front four, which they already are. I think Jim Schwartz is, is doing a, a fun job creating rush packages and blitz packages. That's that was a strength of his against the Jaguars. I really like that plan for as much as you know we criticize Jim Schwartz and rightfully so for a lot of other things. But it, it also what it allows you to do is you get that inside pass rush from Jernigan with Cox. You can put Bennett in different situations and you can mask the loss of Derek. Barnett in that way too so it kind of frees you up to be more creative with that defensive line and just adds more pass rushing juice which is never a bad thing so uh, I'm very hopeful that Timmy Jernigan within these next three weeks is able to make some meaningful contributions to the team that the first step quickness is kind of what we're missing from a guy like Lodi Nato or Trayvon Hester and uh, I look forward to that being back on the defense some other Eagles news some some house cleaning here Dexter McDougal the liability is <laughs> out he has been cut goodbye and Cravon <laughs> LeBlanc Cravon LeBlanc cornerback 
is now in. So the experiment to replace Sidney Jones is still ongoing. Uh, LeBlanc is kicked around with a few teams. Uh, I found one fantastic play of his, a pick six of Matthew Stafford back in 2016. Ignore all the rest. Ignore Golden Tate putting in work on him uh, for the rest of that game. But yeah, BLG, does this mean anything? It's probably not a great sign for Sidney Jones, considering the Eagles also brought Devontae Bosby back to the practice squad. Mm -hmm. You're adding a slot guy to the practice squad. Now you're claiming this guy off waivers. So I would assume that uh, Sidney Jones is not really going to be coming back this week. And and who knows in the next couple of weeks here, sounds like he could be missing some time if the Eagles are making these changes here. So I would guess LeBlanc is just going to be the new nickel corner because that's what they had Dexter McDougal doing coming off the street. LeBlanc graded higher overall on their pro personnel board. Uh, It's not like he was out on the market. Like, you know, he was with the Lions and they cut him. So now he's available and he wasn't available when the Eagles first signed Dexter McDougal. So they, you know, they, they clearly think he's better than McDougal. And how much better? I mean, it just doesn't seem realistic that you're going to plug him into the nickel all of a sudden and he's going to be like leaps and bounds better than the other guy. How are you How are you going to be worse than Dexter McDougal? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> hard to be worse. At the same time, like, uh, I don't know how much of a, you know, a curve, there's a learning curve there. Like, McDougal at least ha- had some knowledge of his teammates uh, when it comes to communicating and the scheme and, and different things like that. But it's worth a shot. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not upset they cut McDougal. Uh, it's worth taking a look, but I just don't, you know, it's not like you can just expect him to come in here and uh, be the shutdown guy. I mean, he, like you said, he had that pick six. Uh, there's some other intriguing plays from his career. I think he actually had a good game relatively against the Eagles last year when mm-hmm. they played the Bears. I think he's targeted eight times per fo- per fo- pro football focus, <laughs> and he only no, allowed faux um, fo- football focus. <laughs> it's a tongue twister, <laughs> and he allowed. Um, Five catches for 35 yards. So overall, it seems like a good day. Yeah. Yeah. Worth a look. I'm not going to. I love the name. That's most importantly. I mean, he has a great name. So fantastic name. That's, That's a starting nickel important. corner name. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree. It probably says more about Sidney Jones and his availability or non-availability right now, which is a shame because we could really use him back and get some stability in that defensive backfield, which has got to be hard for Jim Schwartz to deal with week to week, just guys coming in and out. And that's the underrated aspect of uh, some of the failures in the defense at critical times probably have a lot to do with that. Again, not giving Jim Schwartz a big pass, but there are things that he is dealing with that have not been uh, exactly ideal in that situation. So I think we'll move on from the Eagles news because I want to touch on something that's obviously related to the Eagles. That's in division. It's the Washington Redskins. They drop a big one to the Atlanta Falcons, 38-14. to 14. The, be- the the worst news about this is not that it keeps the Eagles, well, for the Redskins anyway, this is fantastic news for us. The worst news for them is not that it keeps the Eagles within one game, but their losses go beyond just the score. So they lose both of their guards, Brandon Scherf with a, with a torn peck, Sean Laval with a torn ACL, and then their wide receiver, Paul Richardson, who is their leading wide receiver that's not a tight end because Jordan Reed leads him in yards, but Paul Richardson has an AC joint issue in his shoulder and has decided to get surgery, so he is done for the season. That depth on that offensive line, and this happened to them last year, where they lost, I think it was like they were ranked 30th in adjusted games lost for their offensive line, or 32nd. It was it was, was last. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Worst. Yep, yeah. So it was really bad for them, and it's starting to look like that same situation again, and this is an offense that was ranked 26th in points created, and they can't afford that. Being what they want to be as a team, like a like a run-heavy team, 
and having to replace those guys, like they're going to get eaten. Think about the uh, the interior of that line now. Without Sheriff, without without Laval going against uh, an Eagles team that is getting back Timmy Jernigan has already got Fletcher Cox there. Like it's not not going to be good for them. So what they've done to try to mitigate that loss is they signed a bunch of guys off the street. So they get. Austin Howard, the offensive tackle, he has had stints with the Eagles, the Ravens twice, the Jets, the Raiders, and the Colts, and is by and large a failed experiment as a starter. Uh, Jonathan Cooper was brought in, the guard. He was a seventh overall pick of the Arizona Cardinals in 2013. Since then, he has spent time with four different teams, including including, uh, Dallas, trying to turn him into a starter. That failed. I thought he was somewhat okay in his stint there, Uh, and he's probably the best of the bunch, but still not a a high-quality starter. And then guard Luke Bowanko uh, was a sixth-round pick in 2014, played three years for the Jags, was with the Ravens in 2017, had an offseason stint with the Patriots this year before getting cut. Look, with the state of offensive line play around the league, you aren't picking anybody off the streets worth much in November because everybody's getting killed with death right now. So this looks like it could be catastrophic for the Redskins. What do you think, BLG? I think that's a good way to put it because that's really the strength of their team. I think their offensive line is has been underrated, especially, you know, there's mm-hmm. all this talk for seasons now. The Cowboys have the best offensive line or, you know, obviously the, even the Eagles get thrown in there, but Washington's right up there. And I remember, you know, looking back at last year's week one game, I thought it was so impressive that the Eagles dominated them defensively uh, in the trenches there because their offensive line is legitimately very good when it's mm-hmm. healthy. And now it's not, as you said. So you, you're losing both of your starting guards. Morgan Moses has suffered an uh, an MCL sprain right. against the, the Falcons. He came back in and he clearly didn't look good. He had a really bad holding penalty. He was giving up pressure. Like he didn't look right. And now he is, quote unquote, day to day. So mm-hmm. uh, he's clearly playing through something. And then Trent Williams is still expected to miss, I think, at least like three weeks or so here yeah. as he has a thumb issue. So you're missing your starting left tackle. And I know I'm pretty sure you didn't love Jerron. Was it Jerron Christian from uh, Louisville? Right. right. Yeah, uh, I, was, I, I tuned into the game and I saw that. <laughs> the, I saw the first thing I saw it was a bad holding call because he got beat. And then the next play, he just got put on his keister bad. Yeah, and what I'm, yeah, no, he's not. No, he's not. And, and I didn't think he was ready. Like, I liked him as like a date because he's a rookie. I liked him as a day three guy, super sure. raw, super athletic, uh, but doesn't have the functional strength to hold up in the NFL right now. And I looked around to some of the guys that I trust that cover the Redskins, like Mark Bullock and stuff like that. And they were saying the same thing. So he's just absolutely not ready. And he he's going to fold under any kind of a bull rush. I mean, I can only imagine what Brandon Graham would do to him. But oh, like, he's going to have serious problems. And they're going to have serious problems trying to protect Alex Smith, if that's the case. Yeah, and Alex Smith is a quarterback who is going to take sacks. Like, that's what he does. He doesn't really turn over the ball a ton, typically. Yeah. In terms of interceptions, he'll fumble, for sure. And that's a big issue now. Because he's going to be in the pocket. He'll be back there. Unless you're like the Falcons, who somehow inexplic- or, or um, what's his name, Fake Beasley, who somehow yeah. inexplicably managed to fail to sack Alex Smith, <laughs> having him dead to rights, uh, he's oh, going to yeah. fumble the ball in the pocket there. Yeah. And what do you want to say about Vic Beasley, Mike? Sound like you want to say something there. Oh, no, I was just laughing because I remember that. I remember that play and the pocket completely collapsed. Like three players had had failed and blown their blocks and got a decent shot on Alex. And then it was weird because you're like, oh, okay, Alex got out of the pocket. It's a good scramble. And then he goes to the sideline and he and he steps out and he like goes to get like one more yard and (laughs) takes like the most unnecessary shot in the world. 
<laughs> yeah, it was pretty dumb. So he's gonna he's gonna sit back in the pocket and take sacks. And now with this offensive this patchwork uh, offensive line that you're really just putting together here, and you know you're not gonna have that continuity, obviously, because all these they're new guys. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it bodes very well for them. And then even Richardson, like that's a significant loss as well. Like you said, he's their leading receiver, uh, wide receiver, not just you know not including the tight ends there, and he's your vertical threat there. Like, who are they going to have now that's, like, you're super scared of stretching the field? Is there, like, who? There's who there's that? Mo Harris, who Alex Smith has a decent rapport with, but he's not mm-hmm. anything special to speak of. There's Josh Doxson, who was a nice catch point guy, but he's not a field stretcher in, in that manner. Like, they, they're screwed for death. And you still have to think, like, the guys that are there, like, now your most dynamic wide receiver or target is Jordan Reed, who they line up in a slot a lot. And Jordan Reed is not the picture of health or reliability whatsoever. So this could continue to get worse. And I'm not, I'm not wishing injury uh, on anyone. I, I, that's not what I do. I'd rather beat them, you know, at full strength. Right. But like, just calling it for what it is. I mean, right. Just yeah. they're hurt. We got to talk about it. So yeah. yeah. And then you got to worry about too. Adrian Peterson has looked good this year, but he's old, and older running backs wear down as the season continues to go on. So like I said, this picture could get worse and worse for the Redskins. And you look at their schedule, what they have up. Let's see what they have here blg it's got. not too hard i think the yeah. only team with a winning record remaining is the um the texans who i mean i don't even think they're they're not like that good. legit winning <laughs> i mean they, they've won six in a row but like they're like winning in overtime and they're like winning on like last second yeah. missed field goal this week like i think they're okay but like they're, i don't think they're like really you know, as good as their record makes it out to be but anyway like you were saying uh, i don't think their schedule is is too tough the rest of the way so i don't think they're totally just gonna like drop dead here but i mean I just it's going to be tough for them to overcome these injuries. And they were already a team for me that they had put together some complete games, and that's why they were in the position that they were with their record. But they also just no showed some games, like the the Indianapolis Colts game was one where they just didn't come ready to play whatsoever, and now they're hit with this rash of injuries, and they're trying to fix their secondary, which I've been calling out as a problem for this entire season. They bring in Ha Ha Clinton Dix; he's he's not able to to change things right away, nor should he be expected to be. But you know they're trying to mix things up on that back end and the and a def- and the defense was a big strength for them it's what one of them a lot of their games and you give up 38 points at home to an Atlanta offense where like dudes like Ito Smith are, are are dunking on you like it just does not look good for them but yeah the schedule is somewhat easy for them which is going to be why it's super important that the Eagles take care of business against them for two weeks uh BLG before we uh get into the rest of this week and start to make the transition towards previewing the Dallas Cowboys which we'll be doing on the Kiss and Solak show and with BGN Radio. Uh, is there anything Eagles noteworthy, newsworthy that you want to touch on before we uh, before we get out of here? I think the Ravens pick is worth mentioning. The Ravens have now lost three games in a row. They're four and five. Uh, it was a big loss for them on Sunday to the Steelers because now they're both behind uh, Pittsburgh and the Bengals there in the AFC North. And keeping them away from the playoffs is very important because the Eagles own their second round pick, as we Uh know from the the trade earlier this year in the 2018 NFL draft. Eagles trading down from number 32 after winning the Super Bowl, of course. And with, um, you know, the Eagles trading that third round pick for Golden Tate, it would be really nice if we could get a good pick from Baltimore, especially if the Eagles start to win here and turn things around and, and their picks will be worse. Right. Um, so right now, the season ended today, uh, the Eagles would have three picks in the top 49. They would have number 18, they would have number 48, 
and then they would have number 49 from Baltimore. So that's pretty good to work with, and I'm, and yeah. I'm glad uh, they have that pick. So let's just keep rooting here for the Ravens to lose and that pick to keep getting better and better. You don't have to give me a reason to root against Joe Flacco, but that gives me an even better one. So I, I like that. All right, BLG, uh, you want to say goodbye to the gentle listeners? I'll put uh, you into Ben Solak spot here. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're putting me on the spot. Um, but, but I like it. Uh, hello, howdy. What does he say? Howdy, gentle listeners. Whatever Ben yeah, says. Yeah, howdy, gentle uh, listeners. Imagine I just said that. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by BGN Radio. As always, we appreciate when you leave reviews, ratings. Uh, you guys have been doing great with that. Yeah. Very impressive. I want to give you guys kudos for that. Uh, look, you know, second half of the season starts now. It's a huge week. Eagles, Cowboys. It's going to be an awesome game, hopefully. Uh, Eagles really, this, like, this is the time. Like, this yeah. is the time where the Eagles, they come out of their bye. You see a three and five Cowboys team right in front of you. You know, you can basically end their season and, by beating them and maybe even stomping them out like, with a nice blowout win. I'll take any kind of win. But, I mean, the opportunity is here. Like, seize it. This was the perfect bye week. You have Golden Tate. You're getting Timmy Jernigan back hopefully soon. Darren Sproles might be back this week or soon. We'll see. Uh, you can still activate two players off IR. Like, reinforcements are on the way. It feels like the momentum is shifting. Just don't don't give that up. Like, don't let us down. Don't come in this weekend and let us down. Just positive vibes. Get the win. Let's keep this season going because it'll be so much more fun to talk about here on BGN Radio if they're winning and they're in this thing as opposed to they're out of it. And look, really, obviously, you want to see a repeat. That's the obvious goal But in terms of Super Bowl. But if the Eagles can at least win the NFC East this year, they'd be the first team to do that since 2004. And that would be pretty cool to me. So let's just at least do that. And a big step towards that would be winning this Sunday. So let's get it done. We all we got. We all we need. Fly, Eagles, fly. That doesn't make sense. Hey, everybody. It's Neil Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else. Also, you listen to podcasts, check it out.